The Supreme Court is expected to make their decision on the student loan forgiveness program this week. A train derailed and dropped into the Yellowstone River over the weekend. Information on these stories and more coming up on today's episode of BBP News. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode here. It is Monday, June 26th, and we are here for another news episode. Yes, the news episodes are back, and we have a bit of a quick one today, but I want to get back into the swing of things with these news episodes. We did have a bit of a hiatus last week, and so we're going to get back into the groove of everything, get back into the swing of things. And so I have some news for you guys, updates to some stories that we've been seeing as well as one story we are keeping our eyes on very, very closely throughout this week. We will get to all of that here in just a moment. But before we do that, let's get into the weather here for today. And we start out with Los Angeles, of course, and it'll be mostly clear today with a high of 77 degrees. In Houston, Texas, expect clear skies today with a high of 102. Very, very hot in Houston right now. In Chicago, Illinois, expect rain to move through today with a high of 75 degrees. And finally, in New York City, expect some thunderstorms to roll through with a high of 80 degrees. And New York City, you can expect to see a lot of thunderstorms throughout this entire week. We are uh, seeing a lot of rain now after weeks of just dry, dry, dry. It is now becoming very wet. Lots of rain, lots of thunderstorms. And really, I can't complain about that part. The one part I will complain about is the humidity. It's the humidity because I don't mind going outside when it's hot. If it's 85, 90 degrees, but dry, that's fine. I have little issue with that. I can still have a good time. It can still be enjoyable. But when you add humidity on top of it, it's just horrid. It is frighteningly gross. (laughs) And that's how it's been around here for the past week. For the past week now, it has just been hot, humid, gross, and that's not going to be changing anytime soon with the amount of rain that we are expecting to see over the next week and a half to two weeks, but I can't say I can, I can't really complain too much, I suppose, because having the rain around as well as the sun, we are still getting some sun as well. It is making everything so green again after weeks of just things being brown, just crunchy, gross, just not pleasant at all. It is finally kind of turning back to green, turning back to beautiful. And so I really can't complain about it because I love when things are fresh, when you get that nice summer plant smell like when you can smell the trees you can smell the flowers just by stepping outside it is a gorgeous time i i really just can't get enough of that so the fact that we do have that is wonderful i just wish it were a little drier (laughs) just like can the air be drier can the humidity itself go down a little bit the rain can still come through and that humidity almost isn't that bad because oftentimes when the rain comes through it cools down just a touch So if that part can all synchronize and we can get a little less humidity when it's sunny, that would be perfect. I don't hold my hopes high, though. It is always humid here 
in the Northeast in the summer. So I guess I better just deal with it at the end of the day. But that is enough of my rambling here uh, about the weather. I don't know. It, this is something that I've said in the clubhouse rooms, right? If you've joined us on there or if you haven't joined us on there, I guess I'll bring it up here is that when it comes to the start of those rooms or the start of these episodes, it's so easy to talk about the weather. And part of it's because it changes so, so much and so quickly, so stupidly quickly. It'll be beautiful, sunny, nonstop for a week and a half. And then, you know, kind of like it is right now here in the Northeast, it is just rain, 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 rain. And so that much change and that much just back and forth makes it a very easy thing to talk about. And, you know, really, I wish I had more to bring to you guys uh, at the start of these, at, at the start of these episodes, excuse me. Um, but really, I mean, there's not too much going on right now for me to talk about at the top. But anyway, I'm rambling again. It's time to get into the news for today, so let's jump right into it here. And we start out with a massive Supreme Court decision that we are expecting to come out this week, and that is the ruling on the student loan forgiveness plan laid out by President Biden. That decision is imminent. And with that decision expected to come here within the next few days, we thought it would be a good idea to really just talk about what this means for the country, what it means for the government, what it means for students all across the United States and others as well. So let's just get into it. And it's best to start Back in February, when the high court heard the case from six Republican-led states who were looking to block this program from taking effect. And the main argument from these states is that President Biden does not have the authority to enact a program with this kind of price tag without the approval of Congress. And the price tag for this program would be about $400 billion. That's how much student loan relief would be given out. Student loans would decrease by about $400 billion. So that's $400 billion less that would go to the federal government. And they are also arguing that the means for enacting this program, that being the HEROES Act of 2003, was not meant to be used in the manner that it is being used. The HEROES Act was a piece of legislation, of course, enacted back in 2003 that gave the education secretary the authority to affect student loan payment status during a national emergency. And thus, it is worth noting that this program was laid out while the United States was still uh, under the COVID-19 public health emergency. And one of the arguments surrounding that is that this relief wouldn't be scheduled to take effect until after the end of the public health emergency, which we are out of now as of May 11th. And so these are just some of the argu arguments that we've been hearing from these Republican-backed states. Now, one of the main arguments from the Biden administration as for why this case needs to be thrown out is that these states do not have the legal standing to bring the case, as they are mainly arguing on behalf 
of loan service providers such as Mohila. Mohila was one of the major ones mentioned during the hearings back in February. And the question was, why aren't these loan service providers uh, arguing for the blocking of this case on their own behalf? Why is it the states that are trying to argue this case instead? And with that, the Supreme Court has two decisions to really make on the matter. The first is, do these states have the legal standing to bring this case to them in the first place? And secondly, if they do have the legal standing to do so, is this program constitutional? Does the president have the power to enact such a program without the approval of Congress the way that it stands? Now, if the program were to stand, if it were to be allowed to go through, then like I said before, about $400 billion worth of student loans would be wiped out. This would bring the national student loan debt amount from $1.7 trillion to $1.3 trillion. And now 14 million borrowers would have their loans completely forgiven, while 37 million would have their loans at least partially forgiven. These are, of course, estimates. Uh, and meanwhile, if the program is to be shut down, it was found by the Biden administration themselves that over half of the people that would be receiving this student loan forgiveness would be able to continue paying off those loans without sacrificing other necessities in their lives. But with all this being said, no matter which way the Supreme Court rules on the matter, it is expected to have an impact on the public's faith and trust in the high court at a time when the trust is already alarmingly low. In polls released last year, in multiple polls released last year, the public trust in the Supreme Court sat around 25%. Now, again, these are estimates. And this is a case that for months has been very politically fueled from many different directions. And so whichever way the Supreme Court decides, it is expected to have an impact on the trust factor from the public. But how is the Supreme Court expected to rule on the case? With all that being said, with all that talked about, how are they actually expected to rule? Well, if we base our answer back on the oral arguments that we heard in February, it seems safe to say that the program would be blocked with several of the conservative justices who are in the majority pushing back hard against the idea of this program. That being said, there were a couple such as Amy Coney Barrett from the conservative justices that showed a little interest in the legal standing issue. However, as we talked about back when these arguments took place, this was an argument that often fell into the background of the matter and was more often replaced by the legal concerns surrounding the program itself rather than the legal standing of the people bringing the case to the court. At the end of the day, though, we will really just have to wait and see how the court decides later this week. The opinion is expected to come out probably uh, either Thursday or Friday, so it is possible that we will have a chance to talk about this case on Friday's show, so look out for that. If not on Friday, then you can expect us to talk about it next Monday, but either way, that will be coming around very shortly. And if you want to know more about this case, if you want to know more about the oral 
oral arguments back in February, then we do have a section in our March 3rd episode, which will be linked in the show notes, breaking down those arguments so you can get more of the information uh, how the justices seem to be taking the case back then when we first reported on it. So again, that will be linked in the show notes and you can check that out if you are interested. The case of the missing submarine crew has come to an end as all five members of the Titan have been presumed to be dead. You have probably already heard about this story at this point, but in case you haven't, let's just give a quick breakdown of what happened here. So last Sunday, a little over a week ago, the submarine known as the Titan went down for a dive seeking the wreckage of the Titanic when it suddenly disappeared and no one could get in contact with the vessel nor its crew. This began a five-day search in hopes of finding the vessel intact and the crew still alive. However, it was announced on Thursday that the vessel had imploded the day that the search had begun and all five crew members had been lost at sea with the families being notified. The crew consisted of three businessmen, including Stockton Rush, the CEO of OceanGate, the company that owned the vessel. The other two crew members were made up of the 19-year-old son of one of the businessmen, as well as a French maritime expert. And it was revealed on Thursday that the Coast Guard had detected sonar signals that seemed to indicate the implosion or explosion of the Titan, but they continued the search for several days as there was no hard evidence of such an event occurring. And it wasn't until a remote operated vehicle was submerged that they found the wreckage of the Titan some 1600 feet away from the Titanic and 12,500 feet underwater. Investigations are ongoing as to how this tragedy occurred, though it is widely speculated at this point by investigators that Ocean Gate did not have the proper certifications for the vessel to take such a dive and thus led to its implosion. And with these investigations continuing, it is likely that we will hear more information about what happened. And so we will continue to update the story as we know more and as necessary. And we saw another train derailment, this one taking place on Saturday with a freight train plunging into Yellowstone River in Montana, about 40 miles west of Billings. And the derailment was caused by the collapsing of a bridge over the river, causing several cars to become submerged in the water below. Three of these cars were carrying hot asphalt, with the other four carrying sulfur, uh, molten sulfur to be specific, and it could be seen from photos taken at the scene that a yellow liquid was leaking from one of the submerged cars, though officials were quick to state that the crew working on cleaning up the area were safe and the surrounding towns had little to worry about. And speaking about the surrounding towns, uh, they were quickly notified about what was going on and about the incident. Water treatment plants were ordered to focus on water conservation for a few days and certain drinking water sources that feed from the river were shut down, with several irrigation ditches also being shut down to help keep the people and nearby farms safe. It should also be noted that several other cars were carrying what is known as sodium hydrogen sulfate, 
though none of those cars were submerged in the water. And after several air quality tests in the early stages of cleanup, it was announced that none of this sulfate had leaked from the cars. And two days later, local and federal railroad officials are continuing to work on cleaning up the area. And investigations have also begun to determine the reasoning for the bridge's collapse. So, again, as more information is made available, we will continue to update this story. We have no rapid news for you guys today, so it's best just to jump into good news for today. And this story is really just kind of a cool one. As a hotel in Kansas City honored a um, honeymoon certificate 40 years later. So back in 1983, a, a newlywed couple had stayed at this hotel known as the Radisson. And by 40 years later, it had actually turned into a Marriott hotel. So it had been taken over within that time. And yet this couple had decided to go back there for their 40 year anniversary. And it was kind of insane. Even with the change in hands, you know, even with the hotel becoming a Marriott in that time being taken over, they still honored the certificate that they had been given when they first stayed there. They hadn't stayed at the hotel for very long, so they were given the certificate that basically said that if they stayed there any time during their anniversary month in the future, their room rate would be honored. They would get the same room rate that they got when they first stayed in the hotel. Now, mind you, this was 1983, so hotel rooms were a lot cheaper back then. $38 a night. $38 a night to stay in the hotel. And they honored it. They went back 40 years later, and they honored it. It's absolutely incredible. And... So th this couple got to stay in a room very similar to the one they had stayed in 40 years ago for the same $38 a night. That is absolutely amazing. It would have been so easy for the company to just basically say, or the hotel to basically just say, nope, sorry, that was from 40 years ago. It was under different management then. It was a long time ago. This is expired. We don't accept this, you know yada yada especially with such a change in room rates i should have looked it up beforehand to figure out what the room rate is now uh but 38 dollars a night is a huge discrepancy from what we see today even for some of the most basic you know motel types so the fact that they got to do this the fact that the hotel was willing to honor it is just a very nice moment a very nice moment and hopefully the couple got to enjoy their anniversary weekend. Uh, but that is the end of this Monday morning episode, you guys. We will be back here tomorrow morning for another episode of Eye on the Ball. Idiots in the News is to follow on Wednesday with more news coming on Friday. You know the drill. Good News Saturday is coming up this week as well. So don't miss out on that. But again, we will be back here tomorrow morning. Join us on Clubhouse this afternoon. Link in the show notes. And we will see you real soon. Have a great start to your week, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.